your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they have dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now it's time for Adam and Jeannie. Adam, do you know what is one of the most fascinating and also confounding parts of customer experience? Uh, our opinion? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Nope. I was not expecting that. <laughs> That's not it? <laughs> uh, okay, so the second most. <laughs> no, I have no idea now. That's all I have. Well, I think sometimes when we talk about customer experience and the end-to-end journey that a customer has with a brand, people still don't really include all the different parts that go together. And when you start talking about things like, you know what, we need to understand the payment process. We need to understand how people can interact with our customer journey in ways that are kind of integrated into their their lives. Um, it becomes this really big idea, fascinating, future-focused conversation. And that's why I'm so excited to share the discussion that we had with Theodora Lau today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we think about... Uh... You know, the trends and when we think about where everything is heading, it gets really interesting uh, trying to put all the pieces together, right? And mm-hmm. trying to not, not only figure out what's going to happen, but what we can make happen and what's important. Uh, so we touch on some of those today. It was just an excellent conversation all around. Yeah, I think everybody's going to learn something and take it away and think about the future in new ways, which I'm really excited about. So if if people don't know Theo... I think it's our job to let them know, Theo. What do you think? Boom. (laughs) So Theodora Theo Lau is the founder of Unconventional Ventures, a public speaker and an advisor. She's the co-author of Beyond Good and co-host of One Vision, a podcast on fintech and innovation. She's also a regular contributor for top industry events and publications, including Harvard Business Review and the Nikai Asian Review. Theo, I'm so thrilled that you are joining us on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, Theo. And I am excited because there is so much talk and we've been talking about it and the whole world's talking about AI and customer service and customer experience. So I want to jump right in with that topic and ask you, how does AI bring promise to customer management? Okay, so first off, um, AI doesn't mean that you leave everything to the machine and (laughs) let machines take over. Um, I I think that is a wonderful, I don't know, sci-fi view of how the future would be. I think where AI makes the most promise and where is the most exciting is how it can help humans do Mm -hmm. our work. Um, So there there are no lack of surveys that talk about the increase in funding and investment in AI to help with all aspects of financial services. But one stat that keeps jumping out, especially in the last year and a half with the pandemic, with the change in consumer behavior and the change in how we work and how we support our clients are the use of AI in customer service, specifically in call center. And, you know, one of the recent stats say that 59% of the businesses in the U.S. say they are leveraging AI to enhance customer service. And a lot of that has to do with how best can you use technology to get information about 
the customer who's calling in mm -hmm. about being able to grab all of the background data so that you can reduce the hold time that they have on the phone so you can get to their answer faster. Now, there are two different ways of looking at it from a customer perspective. I like to look at it as, oh yeah, you know me so well <laughs> that you can get to my problem right away. And then from, from an enterprise perspective, it's cost savings, right? How do you do things more efficiently when you have disruption in, you know, the way you work and the volume that's calling in, but it's a very exciting time indeed. It is. I agree. And I think it's something that in 20, 30 years, we're going to look back and kind of laugh and be like, haha, remember how limited we were in using it? <laughs> like, it's just going to grow and we're going to learn from it so much. It's exciting. And you know, one of the things that we've talked about, Theo, and that you have so much knowledge about is this whole financial industry, fintech, digital banking, all of those things. And I think right now, uh, banking in general, we're like, they're still trying to figure it out, right? They're still trying to figure out like, what is banking 2.0? What does that really look like? Because it's pretty much been the same for the last 50 years, <laughs> the last, <laughs> you know, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of change. So so when we're looking at the age of digital banking, you know, what's kind of your take on that? And how do we make sure that stays customer centric, in your opinion? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, right? If, if you take a step back and think about when we grew up, right, mm -hmm. we grew up with the checking account, savings account. Um, and now I'm looking at my kids. I opened a checking account for them, mm -hmm. uh, actually savings account because they don't need check. But um, it's, it's still I was following the same mode. OK, you know, you are a few years old now. You got some pocket money. There you go. Go to a bank and open an account and leave the money in there. I, I think the concept of banking hasn't really changed. Now, who does that financial services, who who facilitate that? That has changed, though. Um, so, you know, now with the mobile phone and everyone has a phone with them, one of the things I always like to ask people, what is the first thing you did in the morning when mm -hmm. you wake up? And what's the last thing you do at night? And most of the time people come back and say, oh, yeah, I check my phone. I check my phone on schedules. I check it on news. Mm -hmm. I look at social media. I see, you know, what my friends are doing. And then you can, you know, check your balances, pay your bills and everything, everything through that little phone. So if we think about the concept of financial services and who is the actors behind that, that has been changing. You see, um, we use Apple Pay, mm -hmm. right? Or you use PayPal Pay, you use all kinds of different um, mechanisms to, to conduct your financial transactions, to buy things. We can buy things online, um, as many of us have done, or have things delivered to us, and all of that through the digital uh, medium. I think what is and has been changing what will be really interesting to see is the different players that are stepping in from fintech startups to big tech and how they plan to integrate mm -hmm. not just payment functions but everything else into what they do and and we see a glimpse of that future in the far east when we look at the big technology platform like um ali pay mm -hmm. um like tencent pay or grab and gojack um, and Paytm in India, all of these big tech giants and how they integrate or embed banking services into what they do and just become a sliver of things that consumer do, right? Consumer go into the 
big platform, uh, what we call like to call the super apps. And that's where the social media resides. That's where they get, you know, stuff kind of equivalent to the Amazon in, in our world. Um, they get um, a taxi, mm-hmm. right? And they do all kinds of things. And payment just become a sliver of that big tech platform. Wow. And I know a lot of players in, in the West are trying to see what we can do to copy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brave new world stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole separate topic. <laughs> but, uh, um, so question, where do you see the, you know, the big financial companies, the legacy financial companies? How do you see them evolving to this landscape? Where do you see their place in this landscape? Uh, they still obviously have a ton of market share and a lot of different pieces of financial right now. Uh, where, where do you see that trending? It's an interesting question. Um, I think it depends on on who you ask. How they serve us, customer definitely is and will continue to change, right? Initially, you, touch, you touched upon uh, customer centricity. So in the old days, as you walk into a bank branch, and chances are, if you're in a smaller town, you know the tellers and the tellers know you. So people gravitate towards branches, not only because they want to do certain things, but also because it's a social place to be, right? And that is slowly changing, uh, Jeannie, as you mentioned, in the age of digital banking, when things become more digital, when we can't really go to a bank branch anymore. And then you start thinking about how do you recreate that relationship or can you even recreate that relationship in the digital world. Um, So that is still a work in progress. I think we'll still need the big incumbent banks. I don't think they're going anywhere, but what they do need and they are trying to figure out is how can they leverage technology, um, the startups and, and the people in the brains and innovation behind it to service their customers differently, Mm -hmm. right? So initially we talked about AI. What does AI do in in the whole world of banking? I would love for my banks to know me better. I would love for the fact that not just I have one account with them as a consumer, I also have an account with the same bank as a small business. And I would love for them to help me figure out my end to end Mm -hmm. finances. Right. I'm the same person just because I have different entities opened with you from a different context that shouldn't preclude you from looking at me as me. And then how can you help me create an end to end experience that make me feel you actually really know me? Mm That will be the next holy grail. Oh, I cannot wait for that (laughs) because (laughs) I will tell you what, small business banking has a long way to go. (laughs) Oh, yes. Have you gone to a point where um, you have to write yourself a check? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh Uh Uh-huh. I I still do that. And I can't can't figure it out. I'm like, I've been banking with you for 30 years. (laughs) Seriously. You really should know me by now. Why do I have to write myself a check so I can move money from one type of account mm-hmm. to the other. Yeah, there are so. all sorts of things that just <laughs> beg that question of why. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so. and I'll and I'll just to let you know, Jenny, I'll say because I have a couple of accounts at the larger brands. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, at least the ones I have, are struggling to uh, figure out that it's not just for cost savings that should be helping yes. improve the experience. Cause, yes. Uh, it's it's been uh, let's let's just say I see the cost savings part. I haven't seen the experience <laughs> improvement part. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know what I what I love about talking to you about these kind of big huge ideas that we have to start thinking about in steps for the future, really. And one of the, one of the other passions that I know you have is about creating a more inclusive society. 
And we've talked about this. And I know when we talk about customer experience, this is something that, you know, we're super passionate about as well, which is how do we make sure that we're not just um, providing what we think is right for everybody, but that we're, we're inviting the right people in and including the right people and making sure that everything we do has that lens. And so I'm, I know you've talked about this a lot. So what are some of the ways that you work to, to make that vision a reality to create a more inclusive society? It is a big, hairy question Mm -hmm. um, in many ways. So we recently published a book called Beyond Good. And in there, what we did is we tried to get lessons learned from around the world, the entrepreneurs that we've talked to and worked with, um, all the companies that we've seen them doing an amazing job and try to use those as examples or food for thought, really, is, you know, if we see other people doing us following a certain business model, being able to go do more for customers, do more for the society, what can we learn? Bring it back home in here. And a lot of that is the idea of inclusion, inclusion, not just, you know, in in what we typically talk about in a sense of gender inclusion or or um, ethnicity and race. But it's more than that. It's about when you're trying to think through a product, who do you have on your team? What kind of backgrounds do those people have from an age inclusion perspective, age diversity to to just general, you know, what 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 do they where did they come from? From walk, what walks of life mm-hmm. um, have they been through? I think the lived experience part is something that we don't talk enough about. And age diversity, my goodness. Like right now, you can have three to four generations mm-hmm. working alongside each other. Imagine the richness of that experience of that team. People that have been through different situations and have seen solutions, what work, what doesn't work. And people that you know, have seen newer innovation and what is transpiring in different corners of the world, if you can bring all of that together, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot more that we can do. And there are a whole lot more different aspects of thinking through things. So for example, in banking, a lot we think about is a lot of people, they, they want to move to entirely cashless. But what does a cashless future mean to us? What does it mean to the small town residents whose last bank branch is closed and all they have left is a post office? Mm. What would that mean to, you know, women who are being abused by their spouses who want to leave cash so that they don't leave a trace on where they, they are and how they spend their money? Or what happened to, you know, people that prefer the human touch, mm-hmm. right? And how are they going to be able to go about their lives? I mean, there are still so many things that we need to think about and not everything can be solved mm-hmm. by technology. Not everything is one and zero because at the end of the day, guess what? All three of us, we are talking through with the wonderful digital you know, highway, mm-hmm. oh, for lack of better words, but all three of us are humans, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about things that matter to the society. We're not talking about how to be- build the next um, rocket to go off to space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Although we could. We could. <laughs> we, we could. Yes, we yes, yes, we could. But there are a lot of things we need to worry about mm-hmm. on Earth. So I, I think when we think about diversity, we think about inclusion, we need to think beyond. We need to think 
what disciplines are we bringing in Mm -hmm. and from what perspectives are we trying to tackle the problems that we have? I love that. And I think the cashless example is such a good one because certain, uh, certain places started to experiment with that, right? Because they didn't Mm -hmm. want their employees to handle cash. And there was this backlash about it because there, I mean, I, you probably know these numbers, Theo, much better than I do, but uh, there's a certain percentage of people who are just unbanked, who don't use banks, who rely completely on cash. And so, you know, by, by making a statement, like we're going to go cashless, you know, intentions can be really good, but we have to think through them because, you know, one of my mother's favorite phrases was the road to hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I might need to borrow. Oh, go for it. She would love that. Um, but it's, it's very much like sometimes we have the best of intentions when we make these rules or when we think we're progressing, when we're, we're stepping into the future. But if we're not thinking with that inclusive lens of, okay, who will this impact and what can we do about that? And how do we make sure that we're not leaving people out of that discussion um, or, or out of that access mm-hmm. to things? Um, I think Absolutely. that's such a, an important, important question. So I love that we talked about that today. And that's part of the the benefit, one of the benefits, there's many, obviously, to uh, diversity and inclusion is to have somebody in the room who can yes. see that. Yep. Right. To see that this is a problem. It's not just the lens you're looking from. There's a whole, you know, set of people here and a set of people here and a set of people here that this is going to affect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yep. so that's why I, I am a strong believer. And since all of us do have a voice and have a platform it is important that we keep talking about this and we keep racing it because it's not just it's not enough just to bring people to the mm-hmm. table you need to give them a mic and you need to give them a voice right and so what it's better way to do that than you know for those of us who have the means to bring forth these voices to elevate them mm-hmm. yes yes woohoo all right yes <laughs> awesome <laughs> All right. Well, now that we're all excited, let's we're going to hit our last question because this has been great. Um, but let's go back to customer experience and tell us, Theo, when you think about the future of customer experience, what is the one thing you are most excited yeah, about? Just one. <laughs> Can I not, like, chain all the words together to make one simple? No run-on sentences, no. So test your verbal oh skills my God. here. Okay. Well, I can always go back to, like, you know, I, I, um, I was born in a foreign country, so my English is not that bad. Can I use that card? <laughs> <laughs> we know better. <laughs> Rats. Okay. Um, so I, I think the, the future of custom experience, if I, ha- if I were to use one word to describe it, it would be personal. Mm. It's something that is personal to me because what might work for you as what you think is good customer experience might not be sufficient for me, Mm -hmm. right? So I need something that is personal, something that's contextual, something that, you know, it's, is me. I look at it as like, yes, this is what I want. And, and it's really interesting if you think about what we have collectively learned and experienced the past 16 months. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me is the curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. And my kids loved it. They're like, oh my God, mommy, I can just like, you know, we can place an order to get like a box of crayon at, at the store and we can just drive there and they just put it in the trunk just like that. We don't have to wait for shipping. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And they were like, how can we never have this before? 
This is the perfect yeah. thing. This is what they want. And even up until last week, when it, we had to make a run for our pet, um, they were like, you know, I wish they never take this away. I wish we mm. can always have it. So, I mean, for them, that is a perfect customer experience. Does it work for everyone? No, probably for some others, it doesn't matter, but it is personal to us. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I'm smiling thinking about all the curbside <laughs> pickups that, yeah, were great. You were we just like, yeah, lot, throw, right? throw yes. it in the trunk. I'm on my way. <laughs> you don't even have to park. Like I know parking and I get know. out. That's I know. Any of us living in these cities where you have to park, you're like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for the place where you don't actually have to stop. They just throw it. You keep moving, and they throw it through the window. That's the, that's the that next is level. Wally level. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, Theo, this was a delight to talk to you, and I'm sure people have questions about how to reach you. How can they learn more? What's the best way for people to learn about your book and you? Oh, gosh. Um, so we have a site, beyondgoodbook.com. You can come and, and peek through, see what the book is about. Um, otherwise, I'm on social, PSB underscore DC on Twitter and LinkedIn. I, I am always there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Jeannie and Adam. Thank you, Thea. One of the things that really stood out in this conversation, besides, you know, the importance of inclusive, uh, being inclusive and of diversity is you know, how things have changed, for example, the curbside pickup. Because mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that's changing, I think, is this, who, uh, how, how customer-centric are we? This question, uh, which we've had since the beginning, but I think the answer is changing some. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, why didn't we have curbside pickup before yeah, mm -hmm. I think about this. Well, we don't want them out at the store because they're only going to buy what they bought. Right. <laughs> right? And it's more labor cost. So right. it, co it costs more and there's no upsell. But it's a better experience. And mm -hmm. now it's ex an experience that more customers want. So right. what, are, what, what are companies going to do going forward? It's an interesting question. It is. And I loved how she talked about really know me as a customer right? Like, why am I writing a check to myself? <laughs> like, <laughs> because I think that's, we talk about that. We talk about understanding your customers and we talk about developing and designing journeys that really do what they need you to do. But a lot of places, and I see this all the time, actually create process and product mapping instead of real journey mapping, instead of real understanding of customers. They start from that lens of this is our product this is how we want to sell and how do we fit everybody into these places that we want them to go instead of the reverse of what do people really need. And so I thought that was a great example of like, if you really knew your customer, you would know that this, you could make this easier than actually no, uh, writing yeah. a check, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and care enough to make it easier, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, yeah, I thought this was a wonderful discussion and something that you know, we could go so many different ways, so many different angles on this one. So I hope you enjoy this. As always, we are so grateful for our audience, our listeners. Those of you who join us all the time, you are the ones going out there and making these customer experiences better. And so we are thankful for that. So keep doing the good work that you're doing. And thank you for listening to us, for being here with us on Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suiteTV.com. 
experienceinvestigators.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Topork, and you can find me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.